0: We go.
1: She came down from Cincinnati. It took her three. We're
0: Welcome to Inside Baseball with Old Chestnut. I'm Liam Allen with my friend Morris Sacks. How you doing, MB?
2: Um, I'm a little confused. Am I in the right studio?
0: I'll be goddamned if I don't open my show with the late, great Jimmy Buffett today. Okay,
1: because oh, okay. there's no one,
0: there's no one better. There's no one better to ever do it with a guitar and a cult following that has lived the best life, okay, and brought joy and happiness to millions of people for 40 years, all right? And I woke up this morning, and it's all over the news that Jimmy Buffett has passed away, okay? And I am a card-carrying member of the Parrot Head cult, okay? Um, So for me, it is a somber day. Unlike David Solomon, he was one of us, okay? And he was a happy guy, a fun guy, and you could take an hour of your life and drive your car and listen to his music, and you could get away from everything that was going on, and he was an absolute national treasure, and I will be damned if I'm not gonna play that favorite song of mine to open my show.
2: Okay. Um, just one point, um, <clears throat> Mr. Hand, isn't it our show?
0: Well, yeah. Now that it's started, it's our show. I, I do oh, the okay. intro. Uh,
2: By that, wait—that wasn't on the approved song list. I would have seen the memo. No, uh,
0: I didn't. I, anyway, I
2: didn't... no. I, I'm just. Uh, I agree. Another great artist taken from us too soon.
0: And hey, we got, we got. Um, we got a lot of him in our lifetime. Okay. You got, you got yeah. plenty of them and it was awesome. Um, yeah. And yeah. everyone from all walks of life, there's so many closet parrot heads. You'd be amazed how many guys um absolutely love that guy. Um, uh, And I was yeah. one, I grew up on that stuff and he was just yeah. fantastic. Uh, so nice see
2: guy. the guy The why don't we get drunk and screw? Correct. Yeah. See you. No, no. Yeah. Know. You know. yeah with his catalog. <laughs> hey, I better. If, if I had known, pressure. Morris,
0: if I had known, you don't think I would. You could. I could have teed that up for the opener. <laughs> if, if I get my shit together, I'll get it on the way out.
2: Okay, because unbelievable,
0: is, dude, that just, is one of the greatest songs of his, and it's, it's fantastic. Thank you. You, you yourself, are a national treasure. for thank bringing you. that up. Good job. Look at just, you.
2: Look just at remember, you. I taught you everything you know. Not everything I know. Wow. That is
0: just, look at you from the. Yeah.
2: Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, So how you been?
0: Oh, I'm so happy. That just like made my day. Thank you. I'm just, let me just let oh. me just enjoy that for one more second. The fact that you know
2: about why don't you get
1: drunk and screw. it so
2: fantastic. Hey, um, you think you think I got here on my looks?
0: Incredible. It is just incredible. Um, I had no. The week was good. The week was good. My son turned one. E.G. is oh one. Oh my
2: god. Yeah, one. He, E.G. is one. Yep. Just remember the words, the most dangerous words you'll ever hear. Follow me, Dad. Okay? Because yeah. you're a snowboarder, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your EG, by the time he's in sixth grade, will be dropping you like a bad fucking oh, habit.
0: I know, I know. Fearless little kids, they're terrifying on snow. It's true.
2: Just warn him about trying to lick the, the T-bar. Yeah, okay. You know, because no, you get the no, frozen nope. tongue. No, Oh no, <laughs> You got to no. learn that? That's yeah. a life lesson. Yeah, lick away,
0: kid. Find out <laughs>
2: <laughs> the hard way. Uh so um, I missed you. It, it's uh, it has been two weeks, right?
0: It's good, good to see like, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Good.
2: it's good. It's good. It's even better to be seen. Um, <sighs> so there's a lot going on. You know, I I had um while we were off, I had a little offsite with network. And they've been a little disappointed with the ratings. And I've tried to explain, one, it's the summer doldrums.
0: Seasonality. Two,
2: two, the writer's strike is obviously, you know, there's a lot of listeners won't cross the picket line, which we respect. But um, one of the market researchers said they thought we should take a little bit more of a, new york post page six approach to the podcast and you know how much i like to keep things professional there's a lot of pressure on me right at the moment and i i hope you'll help me through this and we can convince them we're better than that absolutely absolutely but um a couple of things i noticed uh just offhand um First is, and and this is in no particular order. I saw in the newspaper today that Jeffrey Epstein was making wire transfers from the grave. Incredible. (laughs) And his bank of choice, the Honorable J.P. Morgan. Makes sense. I know you're a, um, a fan of opera. It's sort of like, at Tosca, where there's a deal, and at the end they double cross Tosca. And in the end, the kind of the line is Scarpia strikes from beyond the grave. Oh, yes, um, yes, um, I, I know I know that that resonates through all of our listeners. Mm-hmm. Um, but here's the thing, and again, uh, I had to take a couple of classes in business law for the CPA. So I and I, I've got some whiffs of it, and then with my deep dive into the New York real estate scene, I've you know paid a lot of tuition. Um, but the thing I've come to understand is, uh, once somebody dies, their assets are frozen, and nothing can happen until the estate is probated and there's an executor or a trustee put in charge of it. Now I I don't need to nail this thing down, but the big picture is you got wire transfers going either into and or out of J.P. Morgan. And now it begs the question, are those money laundering? Are those human trafficking is it money sent to terrorist organizations i think the united states treasury along with its sister organization the internal revenue service i think they they need to know uh, you know th- there's a, a lot of people involved in this directly or indirectly i mean i, I hate to point fingers but you know, that uh, gentleman over at, um, I guess, formerly at, is uh, um, it Blackstone, Leon Black? Apollo? Apollo. Apollo. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, you know, wonder if his name's on any of those transfers. I, I, maybe William Jefferson Clinton. Well,
0: maybe. We will never know. Those see they're not I of any kind of light around that.
2: You know, you might be right, okay? But now we're entering in situations where there's an element of there has to be some tying up of loose ends, and it may not result in names being released. But there's a funny way uh, somehow stuff gets leaked. And, um anyway, uh rest assured, uh I have no banking relationship with J P. Morgan, mm-hmm. and um uh, never met uh, mr. Epstein mm-hmm. um, but you did mention the name um d j Sal, and I, I, I wanted to talk about him, not in the Epstein sense because this as a backhand compliment, this fellow is so poor, DJ Sal, that even Jeffrey Epstein wasn't interested in meeting with him.
0: <laughs> no thanks.
2: So so let's let's pick this apart, if we may. And I know we're we're kicking a dead horse, but the horse isn't really dead yet. Nope. And I feel like as one of the uh earlier people that had picked up on our radar i think we need to follow this thing through to the conclusion so um now i i'm wearing a short sleeve shirt so i'm not hiding up any anything up my sleeve do you have access to google oh yeah okay so if you would would you type in david solomon net worth
0: Oh boy, here we go. David Solomon net worth. Let's go. Um, let me cl- let me clear my browsing history real
2: quickly. <laughs> Get rid of all the porn. Yeah. How much this is CEO is-
0: you know, of Goldman Sachs worth? The estimated net worth of David M Solomon is at least forty six million as of nine one 23 Okay, a ballpark figure, forty-six mil, forty-six mil. Okay, okay,
2: okay. Well, let's give them the benefit of the doubt. Okay, I saw ninety. Okay, nine ninety. Let's just say ninety. Give me the benefit of. Okay.
0: Yeah, with the shares, it's yeah, share value and whatever. Yeah, yeah.
2: Anyway, now here's a name, David Vintner. D a v i d Vintner.
0: V i t n e r. Yeah, I got one that says I, I'm confirming your 84 million report. You know, I must because I had my Google on private that it's, it gave me a different. Oh,
1: answer. Okay. But yeah, the
0: estimate I got, I got 84 million. He owns 4,200 units of Goldman Sachs stock worth 40 million over the last six years. He sold blah blah blah. But it, it, yeah, so four between 40 and 80. Let's call it that. Okay. Now, want, now, now what do you want? Now you want David Vintner, okay?
2: Vintner, yeah, David uh, okay, Vintner. Who?
0: By stand For by.
2: those, for those not. Aware, this is general counsel or retired general counsel of Goldman Sachs. Uh,
0: Yep. Uh, and what am I doing here? Net worth standby. Uh, I don't think I got the spelling right on the last name. What's the spelling? You got a spelling on that?
2: Yeah, yeah, you know. We need to have to get better assistance because this stuff. Whoa, should
0: whoa, be right. whoa, 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 whoa. Let me stand back. This is there's so many numbers, I gotta turn the phone sideways, okay?
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> I gotta go like this, okay? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, what's the Just number it, that's of, of it's vin i a r is vineyard, vineyard, or is, is it least? Okay. Is it least? I like, dude, I like that they throw in at least. <laughs> 280 million. 280.
2: Yeah. I'm guessing that's probably low. Okay. Um, I don't know that I can get it in front of me. Um, but I know oh, I got David, I got other
0: ones that say 390. Yeah. yeah. I mean, scroll through the Google reports and the number keeps going up. Well, I mean, well, call, I, call it I, half a bill.
2: Yeah. Um I just have one thing. Just give me half a second. Um, uh, Because it looks to me like, okay, he owns 973,182 shares of Goldman Sachs. So let's just do the math. 973,182. And where's Goldman Sachs trading? Three hundred bucks a share.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, three twenty or something.
2: Three twenty. Was that three hundred eleven million dollars? It's decent. Okay, so you got the lawyer. Is worth seven times what DJ Styles worth. Yeah. Now, not even close, not even close. And I, and this is going to sound a bit obnoxious, but what number did we agree upon for DJ Sal? Did Be you sense. say 60 call, 80? Call highball it at 85. Okay, 85. I'll bet you there's at least 10 people retired from Greenwich Capital that have more money than that. <laughs> Now, for for those listeners, don't get me wrong. That's a shit ton of money. But now, when you look around, why this fucknut is walking around with a stick up his ass? It's because he's been lapped by everybody. I, lapped. I I I wouldn't go on record as saying it, but. You know, a little mano a mano against old Chestnut might be interesting. Stop it, please. Can we not? Can
0: we not do this right
2: now? I'm gonna li- no. I'm gonna <laughs> leave it there. But um anyway, uh he's gotten a lot of bad press. The Dude, the Post, the
0: Post, the New York Post. Okay. <laughs> The New York Post just does God's work, dude. I had a feeling they would. Ju- I didn't want to jinx it because I was. I knew it was coming. But Wednesday they they fired off one, and I said, and then I think Bloomberg had one. It was such a busy week, so much bad press this week. But he, I knew the Post was going to deliver on Friday, and sure enough, Friday afternoon the Post delivers. With dude, they're, they they're the best. They are basically in the party that he has at his penthouse apartment downtown, okay? The the post is the best. Dude, they set the scene. They got 12 luxury black SUVs lined up outside the building, okay? Number one, let me start there, all right? This is why he's so bad at it, and and it could be so easy. I told him what to do. I said, go on your stupid fucking Instagram where you're – dude, if you don't remove day job at Goldman Sachs,
2: Oh, that's bad, by the way. you got to
0: take that. Dude, imagine one of your little junior analysts did that. You would fire him before he stepped in. Okay, dude, I told him to go on Instagram and send out a note that says, first 10 juniors that were in the office today, you're coming to dinner at X restaurant. It's not hard, but instead... Instead, he does it at his house downtown. Nobody wants to go downtown after dark, okay? So you brought the partners in from... I'll tell you where the partners came from. Partners came from Westchester, Fairfield, or Long Island. They got shuttled in in the black SUV, which sucks, okay? They got shuttled into downtown, all right? They got to go down below, all right, to go to a dinner in your penthouse. But wait, there's more. Not only do the partners have to come to dinner at the house, you have to give them fucking name tags. You have to put on a name tag that says, "Hi, David. I'm Morris Sachs, and I work in global acquisition. Whatever." Imagine that, dude. Imagine if they were juniors. Fine, you like what's your name? You know, like blah blah blah. But you should be able to sit around at dinner and introduce yourself and have a conversation. It's ju- it was just astounding.
2: This is a little inside baseball tip for you. Every firm, not every firm, but every modern firm I worked at, we had this thing we called Facebook, before Facebook, okay? Of and you had a profile picture, it had your name, and then they asked, you know, tell us a little about yourself. So, like, for me, I can't take anything seriously. So, you know, it's like Morris Sachs. Married with three daughters. Interests, foreign travel, which you know I hate. (laughs) Scrabble, which (laughs) and the the last one is taxidermy. (laughs) (laughs) You might as well put paying taxes. (laughs) (laughs) Not yet, baby. (laughs) But the reason they have this Facebook is for two reasons. One is so the senior partners can thumb through it and pick out which hot girls they want to hit on at the Christmas party. Yep. And the second one is because they don't know anybody in the firm. So when bonus, t- literally bonus times comes, not in my situation because I had the group where I knew everybody's name. Um, it would be like uh, Joe Smith. Well, where's he work? Well, operations. Uh, well, what's his bonus going to be? Sixty grand sounds a lot uh, for Joe. What do you think? And he's like, "Well, let me see that picture again of him if I can remember." Right. So it's it's a okay. So in terms of abs- absolute laziness, how many people could have been at that dinner? Thirty.
0: Well, that's these two couples. You think the partners brought their wives? You think their partners dragged their wives to that thing? Hey, we're going to dinner at Dave's house? Or you think they go solo? I don't know. I think you go alone, You know, okay. is it work? Okay. Is
2: it pleasure? But here's the point. You can't get your admin to give you pictures of the 20 people <laughs> that are going to be at your apartment for dinner. You can have your just, iPad
0: open facing you and have it right in front of you. And okay, Seth, that good talk. Yeah, no, it's embarrassing.
2: <laughs> I, I did. Uh, I did scan that little bit of information from the post, and the part that caught me was the faces of the people leaving were sort of frowns. Stolen. Right? <laughs> so, number, um, I was. I was a big believer. And having uh, dinners with my group, and sometimes, a lot of times, it was just the traders. But there were there were bigger groups, right? Because the traders is small; it's intimate. When you have bigger groups, like that shitty restaurant, Boxcar Cantina, mm,
0: mm-hmm,
2: like mm-hmm. I'd rent that out. You know, mm-hmm. seventy five people would come, and everyone gets shit-faced and have a good time. Yep, and. Um, But if I had, like, a trader's dinner, and by the way, there was no, like, serious talk. It was just, I I don't know, eight or nine guys sitting around my dining room table. Like, i get a chef, and he'd say, well, how many people? And I'd say, well, there's eight or nine, so figure 16. And he would come in with a fucking side of beef, okay? And... I don't know how they didn't chew through the plate, right? Yep. Yep. And and this was back when driving drunk was cool. Um, I I don't know how pe- people got home, but I guarantee you, no one walked out with a sullen face. <laughs> um, you uh, and a few other people were at a soiree I had not that long ago. It was probably a couple years ago but it was a collection of uh, some of my friends. And as old Chestnut is wont to do, once he digs down the rabbit hole, I had discovered from Mrs. Chestnut and middle daughter the unique experience of horseradish vodka. So being, you know, kind of like trying to see how far we can push the edge of the envelope. I got a jug with skull and crossbones, (laughs) lasered onto the thing. I got, I don't know, a handle or two of the Tito's. I poured it in it. And then I got, from the internet, the world's best horseradish. And there it sat for three months. So I invite my gang over, you know, 203 uh 8696999, our curious pizza, and said something like bring me ten pizzas, yeah, bring me six Greek salads, yep. bring me six house salads and two dozen wings. Yeah, and um one fellow whose wife was here in the kitchen talking to Cheryl, okay, he was so shit-faced, his wife drove home, when she opened the car door, he fell out, okay, (laughs) is is completely non important, so my dining room is right next to the kitchen, Um, and you you probably have some recollections, The hooting and the hollering, the screaming, the dirty jokes. And all I could think of is, you know, Cheryl (laughs) and Jenner in the kitchen. And I'm going to get a fucking tongue lashing when this thing's over. (laughs) So anyway, thing clears out. You know, some (laughs) damage was done. And I see Cheryl... And I'm cleaning up, and she goes, "I'll help." She goes, "Did you guys have a good time?" I'm like, uh, "I'm thinking this is a trick question, right?" <laughs> I'm like,
1: so I'm
2: like, "Yeah." She goes, "Did you and Jen have a great time?" She says, "Oh, it was we had a fantastic time." I said, "Did the noise bother you?" And she's like, "What noise?" I'm, <laughs> I'm like, <"A> "Home run." <laughs> um. Anyway, I maybe that's not all that funny. Uh, I I just remember that those dinners, you know, those dinners are accretive, but not when you gotta wear a fucking name tag. Um, uh, there's something that happens. I, I I've lived uh, I've lived long enough now. <laughs> this is this I find this bittersweet. I have now lived long enough. I got a check last week from my life insurance company. <laughs> it said you're paid up. <laughs> no more premiums are needed. Wow. Here's an extra dividend. And it was not small. <laughs> I mean, it's it paid for fucking vacation. Wow. Wow. All right. So that that that's how old we've gotten. But um I've met a number of Unique characters, as you've come to see, and uh, some very wealthy, some very generous, some very wealthy, some you know, like pigs with their snout in the trough. Um, but there have been unique experiences I've had with these guys, and um, I thought it might be <clears throat> fun to talk about a couple of these things because you know, it's like. What's what's a billionaire like? Mm-hmm. What's a, a multi-billionaire like? You know, because most people, if they bump into them, it's only accidentally. They don't realize it, but, mm-hmm. but mostly because of just being around long enough, these people cross cross your paths, right? And um, and by the way, I we have to come back to David Solomon, okay. Just because I got, I have, well, we, we can augment our mm-hmm. assault, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. um I don't watch TV. I, there's an, it's like Chinese food. Anytime I eat Chinese food, I feel like a loser. Yep. Why you ask? It's because it's the future's contract of food. It's the cheapest to deliver. They take the cheapest fucking ingredients they can find. And that's what you're eating. So yep. I, anyway, TV to me is a little similar, but I spend a lot of time, as you know, in front of the monitor, and instead of watching this news, that news, yada yada yada, um, I just look for the headline scrolls. Okay, and I saw a headline. Now, jump! Don't jump to any conclusions when I tell you this, but the headline is: Leon Cooperman says he wouldn't give a nickel. To Rudy Giuliani. So I look at that. And now I remember back to my last stop, 515 Capital Management, and we had CNBC on in the trading room. And uh, Leon Cooperman was on the show. And I listened to him talk off and on for, you know, 40 minutes or something. And uh, like, wow, I. I really learned a lot. So I go on the Bloomberg and I type on, type the name Leon Cooperman and I hit the, you know, help or menu or whatever. And he's got a Bloomberg. And I can tell because the green light's on, I'm like, hello, Mr. Cooperman. My name is Morris Sachs. I've been a Wall Street veteran for 30 years. Just wanted to let you know I really enjoyed what you had to say. Thank you so much. And I had sent. And not long after, I'm not gonna claim it was like 20 seconds, but sometime later in the day, I got a note back. Dear Morris, um, thanks so much for your note. You know, tell me a little bit about yourself. And so we go back and forth and uh, I make the bold suggestion would you be interested in me coming into the city and buying you dinner? He's like, absolutely. What date works? So we, we, we set the date and it's at, I want to say it's Milo's, which was a Greek restaurant where they have like all the fish on the ice kind of thing. Yeah.
0: The really so one. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah. It's like in Midtown. Yes. Okay. Yes. So, um, Anyway, uh, there was another party involved whose name I'm going to leave out just because it doesn't need to be mentioned. But I mentioned uh, Edward, or or as you call him, E.G. I said, hey, I'm having dinner with this this guy. You want to come? And he's like, sure, doc. So there's four of us at dinner in Milos at 10 minutes to 6. Okay, and uh, he picked the time. He picked the restaurant, and and uh, I said, uh, I just said, I'm kind of curious. Why Why did you pick this place? He goes, they have a great price fix pre theater menu, but you got to order by six. <laughs> and I said, he said, Mr. Cooperman, I, you know, this is on me this is my treat. He says, yeah, I know. Doesn't matter. I'm like, well, wh- why are you so worried about? Okay. Anyway. I love um, it. I love it, dude. <laughs> a- 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 anyway. He talks about himself for about an hour. Okay. Talking about how, you know, he's got a net jet share. Uh, Cause his father was a plumber and he grew up in the Bronx. When he goes down to Florida, he buys uh, a block of uh, prepaid tickets on JetBlue to fly from like Newark to wherever, Miami, West Palm.
0: West Palm, yeah.
2: And he he has some uh, NetJet shares, but he only uses that um, to get to locations for business that he can't get to commercially. Yeah. And then the, then, the, then the phone rings. Now, I, I don't know. I'm at dinner, on a business dinner. Uh, I turn my ringer off. But he picks the phone up out of his pocket. He looks at me and EG, and he says, I got to take this. So it turns out it's his plumber in his basement saying he needs two sump pumps and he quotes him price. And we get 15 minutes of Leon Cooperman screaming at this plumber how he grew up in the Bronx and his father was a plumber and he's that's way too much money. And he better get the price down or i will find somebody else. But this is in front of like, yeah, yep. like, dude, okay, you know, I say, like, please, right? Like, I've, Like I barked up the wrong tree, okay. So um, I don't know. So I see this comment with him talking about he wouldn't give Rudy Giuliani (laughs) five cents. And I sent it across to a couple people and they (laughs) misinterpreted it. They were thinking, oh, Giuliani, we should help Giuliani. I'm like, no, Leon Cooperman wouldn't give his mother five cents. The fact he won't give Rudy Giuliani five cents is, me- is meaningless, <laughs> and and so I'm you know, I'm I'm scratching my head wondering why is why is a man so wealthy so unhappy? Do, do you think? Do you ever get that vibe? Oh, hundred percent.
0: Yes, of course. I, yeah, I, dude, I deal with it all the time. I yes, yes. Okay. How about about more often than not? How about more often than not? Okay.
2: Okay. So here's my advice to Mr. Cooperman stool softener. (laughs) In fact, I'll go one further. Whole lace stool softener. It's the official (laughs) stool softener of inside baseball with old chestnut. I like it. Uh, Money back, money, money back guarantee. Seven days, you'll be right as rain.
0: Dude, he's one of the best. He's CNBC's best guest, okay? Because he'll go on and he has no filter. He doesn't care and he talks, okay? I I, I think he, I, I get a kick out of him. <laughs>
2: yeah. You know, he had a little uh, run-in, I believe. Remember, this podcast is based upon a true story. Right, right. Um, I think he had a little SEC deal where well you know it's public domain but i think i think and you can check after but i think it was one of these agree to not agree like did not admit or deny yada 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 pay the money
0: yeah yeah, go
2: away um so i have a little trouble when he gets on his high horse about stuff but Okay. Um, I don't know. Anyway, I I was thinking about a few other things. Um, one is uh, um, I I don't want to go right back to DJ Sal. I think it would be fun to close with what I have, but um, and of course I have absolutely no idea of how long we've been going. So you we we need you need to keep an eye on the clock. But um, where was I going with this? So. I quite often tell people I'm bad at math. You've been there with me, right? Okay. I ran across my college transcript. So let's start first semester, freshman year. Let's start out on a high note. Uh, Poly-Sci 150, American Government Organizations and Powers, A,
0: Yeah, it's a layup for you.
2: Principles of effective speaking. B.
0: Communication. Nice. That's good. That's a good one.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Introduction to economics. B. Come on. (laughs) Hang on. Algebra. Math 111. C. Wow. Okay. Now. Let's just put this in, let's just put this in proper perspective. This is the first semester freshman year. I had just barely met Cheryl. Okay. And, um, you know, we were just kind of dating casually initially. Right. I mean, it's not like, there's a whole big story, but yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. remember this, maybe I met her in August, September. And by November, I got a C in math, right? Cause she probably can tell I'm a fucking idiot with math, but at this point she hasn't decided if I was husband material. So why <laughs> invest any, any time? Right. Okay. Well, at some point, at some point, not there yet. Um, I think she decides she needs to put a little effort into this relationship. So spring of 1979. <laughs> intro to psychology. B art of public discourse. C. Really? Really? Yeah. Oh, it gets better. Finite math. Now, Oof. I don't know what the fuck that is, but it's it's higher than algebra. Okay. C. Okay. But wait, here's the best part. Thin one fifty, money, credit, and banking. C. <laughs> the struggle. Okay. Should should I continue? Are you, no, I mean, are, you get, getting, when, are you getting when does it get better? When did it when does it when does it turn? I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm sixty three years old. i am still in. Yeah. Okay so okay so um anyway uh before the sec first semester sophomore year my father passes away Uh so now it's me mark amy and uh you know cuckoo and now i gotta try and anyway so um first semester sophomore year and now by this time Cheryl and i are a couple right so um i'm battling between trying to keep my kids and mother together, um, develop a relationship with this wonderful young woman, and get through college, right? So, anyway, um, first semester sophomore year, it it starts to get better. Um, uh, it may not seem so now that I look at the transcript. Government and economic order, C. Wow. Descript, descriptive astronomy, C. Now, this is where Cheryl has entered the picture. Calculus for social scientists, B. Cheryl got me from being counting with my fingers on my toes to getting a B in calculus. Yeah. Okay. And then, no surprise, principles of accounting, a, okay. So now, now the trends, the trends getting better, right? Yeah. And uh, I'm not going to bore you with, um, you know, my five years. It's four and one. Just before you guys think I'm too stupid that I need five years to finish college because I got a graduate degree, but that's a pretty good. Example of the grades I received. Okay. I got a couple of A's in accounting, but I got some B's and C's in accounting. Why am I wasting all of your time explaining this to you? Because senior year, I was an accounting major. And the whole thing is about taking and passing the CPA exam. And it's different now. There's a lot more stuff. But back then, 7% of the people who took it passed it the first time. 7%, okay? And Illinois produced a huge chunk of those guys. And it really came down to this guy named Ken Perry. Now, Ken Perry, I'm not even going to in retrospect, tell you he was a good teacher, but he motivated the fuck out of you. And I bet if I looked in, in his classes, I probably got C's because I, I, I would go once a week and he would go through the whole thing over and over again. He's like, don't go to the movies, don't go out drinking, don't go out with your friends, take your counting book go sit in the library, just don't do anything but accounting problems over and over again. And you would come to class and he'd teach you one little thing which had no relevance to anything. So in the end, what we had was the, these two books. I think they were called Glime, G-L-E-I-M maybe. And they were kind of a book. Uh, Blue color, like a darker blue, mm-hmm. not royal or navy, but and they were like phone books. One was a book of questions, and the other was a book of answers. Okay. So I did what he told me. I went to the freaking library 18 hours a day. I did that book three times through. Okay. And I I passed the CPA in the first time, and and it wasn't like Leadville where I missed it by like forty six seconds. I mean, it wasn't close. Like if you needed a seventy five to pass, I got a seventy eight or seventy nine or something like that. Um, what hurt my feelings a little bit was Cheryl, who was a chemistry major uh decided to get a master's in accounting so that because she's a year older than me so uh that way we would graduate at the same time so she i have four years of accounting she has 18 months of accounting and she fucking passed the, the first time boom and to this to this day a complete nerd we argue over who got a higher score i'm sure i'm sure it doesn't matter she uh, she's got uh, you beat it doesn't matter she's got you yeah, beat uh, no i i just have to it's a hook you know i just it's just throwing chum in the water but um why why does this come up it, it, it had occurred to me you know what what makes people successful and Um, I was talking to my friend, Travis, who, you know, who, you know, I've done the Matterhorn with the Whitney Gilman Ridge, you know, solar slabs. We've done a lot of climbing together, but he's a, he's a, a big guy, not fat, but just, you know, solid. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I said, you know, Leadville has a hundred mile run. You you should think about doing this. And he's like, I I just I could never do it. I could never do it. I said, look, I I did the bike ride. It it took me five years or something, but I but I did it. And I showed him I showed him that video of Ken Clauber in the gym going, mm-hmm. you know, I'll tell you, you're gonna get out there and it's gonna hurt. And it's gonna hurt. And you're going to want to quit. And I'll tell you, just look at that wheel in front of you. Don't look to the left. Don't look to the right. Just follow that wheel in front of you. You dig deep. You dig Leadville deep. And it's the it's the most cloyingly sweet, inspirational film that you know. Even the American Dodgeball Association of America wouldn't play right. But haven't experienced it. Like I, I see this and. Yep. It, I'm, I sent it to Travis to try and get him fired up to do it, but what really resonated with me is, so we've now seen my grades in college, okay? If my kids turned up with grades like this, that there'd have been some, right? But, you know, far from good. But yet, you put your back into it, you pass the CPA, right? You're not an athlete. You put your back into it, you get the Leadville buckle. And I, I won't drone on and on about it, but you've been there, you've done it, you know what I'm talking about. It, it It's fucking hard. And Not being a gifted athlete, you know, it's a struggle. And it took me, like I said, a number of years. But how I want to pull this all together is when it comes to trading. Okay. Now, the advantage I had, maybe it's a disadvantage. I'll view it as advantages. The business... And the sophisticated products were new. So even though futures had been around for 20 years or something like that, probably longer if you go back to the original real uses for futures, but you know, uh, listed options were new and uh, swaps were decidedly new. And then uh, credit default swaps at that point had yet to be invented. And so, um, I discovered that um, I needed to find an edge. Like what? What was gonna? What was my competitive advantage? Well, uh, I liked markets, and I had been around them for longer than most. But eventually, people catch up to you, right? I mean, you get a little head start, but, and clearly, uh, based on my transcript, I didn't have significant braid power. So I decided I was just going to bust my fucking ass. And it happened in unusual ways. So, um, again, the business has transitioned a lot since I started. But very quickly, I started getting my own p and l. In the very early stages, the desk just got a and l, and they would kind of figure out this or that. but but certainly, by the time I had gotten to Aubrey Lanston, and before I moved on to the next place, there was a and l with my name on it. and so there was no. Hiding, right? But it wasn't just, oh, you made this today. It would be trading PL, cost of capital PL, carry PL. And so uh, I'd go home at night. At the end of the day, I kind of think, well, you made 15000 bucks today or you lost 10000 bucks today. And I come in the next morning and a lot of times it was pretty close. Like you're never going to get it exactly right because you got commissions you got to take out, and you know, you, you maybe you, you made an eighth instead of a quarter. But after a while, I realized the PL wasn't tying out to my expectation. And so, um, as I've mentioned, uh, I'm pretty good with adding, subtracting, multiplying, and sometimes I can divide. But I went through there till I understood every element of what generated that P&L. And I realized there's a lot of stuff that goes on below the surface that your average chucklehead doesn't pay attention to. And so... While I'm doing my my day job, which was trading the market, not running Goldman Sachs, you know I would trade all day, listening to the older traders and learning. and then when the the day was over, I'd spend an hour or two uh, figuring out how much I thought I made or lost that day. and then going back to the previous day and and comparing what I thought versus what the number was and all of a sudden these things started to pop up like if you're long an issue and you um, loan it out for a term repo versus loaning it out overnight the carry and and you don't need to write this down, but it's just an example. A term repo, the interest only is compounded once because it's for some number of days, where an overnight repo, it's compounded every day. Now, like most things, if you're doing $5 or something, you're never going to notice. If you're doing $5 billion or something, that number is going to, okay. So as I progressed through my career, I started noticing little bits and pieces of this thing. And it really came uh, together at Greenwich Capital. Um, you know, uh, Charlie Munger, show me uh, the incentives and I'll show you the behavior. Um, we were hardwired to our PL. And, um, you know, I started this process and then I would give EG credit for taking it to the next level. Um, um, You know, plenty of uh, success to share. Um, But what we would discover would be if you had a long position in a bond, a cash bond, and you had a short position in the futures contract. So, in theory, you're hedged to the general level of rates. Okay. But if you had a move during the day, let's say you were short futures and long the bonds, your PL may be zero, but you're sending out millions and millions of dollars in cash. To the exchange because your future side lost money. Now, your collateral side went up in value. Okay. So you were generating more cash there. So you're, you're cash neutral, except you're getting paid zero on the cash you sent to Chicago and you're paying interest on the cash you're borrowing against your collateral. And we realized that this was going to end up being a lot of money so we we jimmy the hedge ratios when i say jimmy not in a bad way we adjusted it based on day count calculations the whole thing another example which is way less complicated is if you're an institutional investor and you short an option okay your account is supposed to be credited with the proceeds, the cash sale. Okay. And then you post your collateral to guarantee that um, uh, your money good. So let's say you're short a call and the market goes way in the money, you're losing all sorts of, of money. But because it's an option, you don't have to give them cash which earns zero, you can give them collateral. And you earn the interest on the collateral. So now I've given you two little examples of things in the marketplace which add to your P&L, or don't detract from it, which don't require any extra effort. right? So when we go through these things, and why I bring up me being bad at math and bad at accounting, yet we had arguably as good a returns as anyone ever. It's because we dug deep until we figured out every element of what we were doing. And you know, it's fun for me here to wax poetically about the economy and the general level of rates and so on and so forth. But the fact of the matter is, when you know you can accretively add value to every one of your trades, okay, it's a little bit like that Seth Klarman thing, margin of error. And so when I would tell you I would walk on the trading floor and never... I would always feel like I was going to make money. even to this day, I, I sit down when the market's open. i I don't think about it. It's just like, yeah, I, yeah, I'll, I'll probably make some money I, I, and i and'm and it probably I'm sure it doesn't happen all the time. And maybe it happens fifty three percent of the time. yeah, <clears throat> but but other than when I'm getting my nads blown off, I just feel like I'm making money, and I think it's part of this thing where I've removed sort of the getting caught up in the stories. And as Leslie would say, I'm never going to be a stock guy because I just won't believe a story. you got to believe a story. And, And, you know, there's a lot of good stories. And, you know, him, a couple of my other friends, they've done exceptionally well but they had the ability to interpret the story and see whether it made sense or not. I just decided I wasn't smart enough to figure out whether it made sense. You know, I, I won't belabor the, the um, tire pressure monitor example of me thinking something was pretty good and clearly, yep. you know, I mean, you have that happen to you a couple of times, all of a sudden hearing about an electric car. Yeah. And they, yeah, I guess I I just <laughs> so um I, I I I don't I don't know how to wrap that up in a tiny bow, but um there's just so much of the the market that is the functioning of the market, and it's fun to write tickets and it's fun to listen to CNBC and all these give you these guys give you these big opinions, but. For somebody that is not proven, they're just an average Joe. There's a lot of money to be taken out of the market if you understand who you are, what you can and can't do, and kind of stick to your knitting. And um, I don't know. Yeah. No,
1: that's...
0: like you said, brute force. <laughs> it, like the fact that you're not a mountain biker. you're, you're not a mountain biker, and you've done the hardest no. mountain bike race in the world. Okay, 364 yeah. other days of the year. MB, you want to go mountain biking? Absolutely not.
2: <laughs> no, not a shot.
0: No, <laughs> no.
2: That you got to go in the
0: woods. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. But he's the he has completed and got his belt buckle from the hardest mountain bike race in the world. Period. Stop. So like it like that's that's the that's the incredible aspect well, of it you, you just like thank hammered you. away thank at you. it, you know hammered away and hammered away and it's the same thing with going to the library you listen to that teacher that sent you to the library and you just 18 hours and you nailed it it's just uh, it's yes. just fascinating oh, i love
2: it um so anyway the last thing i just want to read to you if i could do, I, do we have time
0: yeah I'll, I'll okay I'll have
2: afternoon. Okay. So I got this off of the Goldman Sachs corporate government governance website. And they're talking about David Solomon, chairman and CEO 61. Highlighted key experience and qualification. You ready? Engaged leader who exemplifies our core values. With over 20 years of leadership roles at our firm, He develops the firm's strategy, I guess, consumer banking, um, embodies the tone at the top, exemplifies our core values, and committed to client service, and leverages firm-specific and industry knowledge to lead the firm and its people, including helping to protect and enhance our firm's culture, and through his commitment to talent, development, and diversity. Of our workforce, talent and then development. The next one, St- strategic thinker with deep business and industry experience. Okay, worked at Drexel, ended up at Bear Stearns where they blew up, right? I and I don't know how he went from Bear Stearns to Goldman, but he doesn't have as much money as. A whole bunch of guys I worked with. And he runs what at one point was the most prestigious investment bank on Wall Street. You know, I got to be honest with you. And, and for those faint of heart, muffs, okay? I don't know how the guy gets an erection. I mean, if, if <laughs> I couldn't look myself in the mirror.
0: <laughs> that kind of weight
2: it, on you. It was. <laughs> with that kind of career like fucking it's wall street i'm telling you it's like i don't want to overhype it yeah. but you go in there and it's it's kicking ass and it's taking names yeah. and you know they the, the guys on the floor or g- girls women okay you know you can feel who the a-type guys are you you know and people are leaving because this cue ball is walking around with low t like low testosterone and and you know like those guys have left and they ain't coming back yeah well
0: dude it's sad like you said it was it was the most prestigious firm on wall street for the last from when I, i i mean I'm born in 81. So, like for my entire life, you know, like when I was in when I was in in high school, an older kid that worked at Goldman Sachs was was the the man. Okay. So the kid that got out of Georgetown and went and worked on the metals desk at Goldman, he was the he was the man. Okay. And that was in like '95, nineteen ninety-five. 1995, and then like through my college and the beginning of my professional career, that was the holy grail was Goldman. yeah if you went to a Yankee game, if you went to a Yankee game and you got some good seats, the Goldman guys were down in front of you. And if they weren't down in front of you, they <laughs> were up in the box behind you. I'm serious. It was in in New York City. If you worked in New York City or you grew up in New York, it was it was just the cream of the crop, you know? Um and it's just he yeah. single-handedly like dragged it into the gutter. Like this was never a thing and it's not a thing at any of the other big investment banks, you know? Um it's sad to see. It's like wow. you can act like Bill Parcells, you can act like Parcells, if you're gonna win Super Bowls, and then your players will carry you off the field. But you can't act like Parcells if everyone hates you, you know. And there's an old saying: the fish rots from the head down. That I know that's you know that's an old cliche, but the fish rots from the head down. Is look at the look at the the head at Goldman Sachs, you
2: know. So, uh, Sean, I've been married a long time. And and she is without a doubt what's driven me to achieve what what I've achieved. But you know, you spend so many years of your life. Now we met in 1978. I'll let you do the math. What's that 40 something years?
0: years, Yeah, 45 years, yeah, something like that.
2: 45. Okay. So Now, we can, like, look at each other and based on the expression on their face, know what they're thinking, right? So
0: I'm sitting,
2: yeah, I'm sitting downstairs and I don't know, my mind's kind of drifting. And I think of something that's kind of funny. And she looks at me, she goes, what's so funny? I said, look, you're not going to, you're not going to find it funny. She goes, well, try me. I said, trust me. And she goes, no, I want to know. And I tell her. And she looks at me like I got three heads. Yeah. So what, what did I? What popped into my head? Kevin Muir wrote a, a newsletter recently. And my son-in-law sent me a note pointing out that Kevin had shorted volatility. And what popped into my head was... Sorry, doesn't fix the short file position. <laughs> I thought you lectured him about that. I thought <laughs> I you know, first of all, nobody listen other than you. Nobody listens to a fucking word of mm-hmm. And the only way you get cured of shorting volatility, and this will work and it will happen. You'll wake up one day. Okay. And you'll be like that picture they have the the, the stock photo of me with the book, yeah, how right. to make money shorting options by yeah. James Collier or Cartier or whatever. Picture, yeah. It's like, yeah, it's like something will happen. The planes, God forbid, will fly into the Twin Towers or Russia will nuke Chechnya or yeah. Russia will default or You you know, whatever, something will happen, and whatever you're short is going to be bye bye. And (laughs) that, you know, it's like in the John Wick where they cut the finger off to prove fealty. Uh, Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So that doesn't help the P and L. So, like that, that when you when you're going down to your P and L short involved that that math isn't (laughs) mathing.
2: It's not when. It's not if, it's it's when. So, okay. Anyway, I think we bored our listeners enough for the, the holiday weekend. All
0: right. Jeez, um, Carvana was up 23% this week. <laughs> <laughs> Christ, I just got the notification on my phone. <laughs> Follow us for more stock. Tips.
2: Just set set it aside. Let it go. Let it go.
0: have to let it go. Oh, uh, you know what I did let go before we have we have time on the is the gold. Can we talk about the gold? Ah, <laughs> uh,
2: the lead metal? <laughs> I tell you what, it's like this is the most amazing thing. All you read is about central bank buying, this right. buying, portfolio short. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's a little bit higher. I don't even know. But it okay. trades like dog shit. It trades like Vladimir Putin is standing there in a trading floor and goes like this: "All buyers talk to me." Which <laughs> I've seen this a couple of times in my life. Like a trader gets hit with a huge fucking block or something, yeah. and he says, "No one's selling any ten-year notes other than me," right? Because like he's got something to do and that is what's going on with gold i yeah. don't maybe these guys are buying it i right. but it just earn your five percent <laughs> yeah really <laughs> all right my
0: friend oh. thank you very much happy labor day um yeah and,
2: same to you Same we'll yeah,
0: see you next weekend
2: okay take care bye